Hi, welcome back to The CIO Show. I'm David Binning, Associate Editor of CIO. In this episode, we'll be having an exclusive conversation with the CIO of New South Wales Police, Gordon Dunsford, placing third in the 2020 CIO 50. He is without a doubt one of the most fascinating tech leaders around. Now, New South Wales Police is one of the largest, if not the largest, police force in the world, making it all the more surprising that Dunsford became its first ever CIO when he joined in early 2018. As you'll hear over the next 45 minutes, work that he and his team have done in transforming what was essentially a paper-based organisation, utterly bogged in endless inefficient manual processes, hardly any communication between IT and police officers and senior management, no cloud services, to be the envy of every police force in the world is truly remarkable. So Gordon, welcome back to the CIO Show. Thanks, David. Good to be here, mate. Excellent, Matt. And so you you joined, you were the first CIO at New South Wales Police. You, you came on board early January 2018, about six months mm-hmm. after the incoming Deputy um, Police Commissioner Mick Fuller joined. And in that time, um, you know, we've been following New South Wales Police quite close, but in that time you've transformed what was really one of Australia's least digitally connected major public sector organisations into an extremely slick hyper-connected, smart law enforcement agency. It's the envy not just of other police forces in Australia, but all over the world. Um, I don't know what else, how else to start, but say, how did you do it? <laughs> oh, it's, um, you know, what I, what I do is absolutely, you know, assemble a fantastic team and, and, and um, to bring some great leadership to the organisation in, in that sense because I think um, most great organisations are about great people and having great leaders to to to, uh, to, to put point the organisation in the right direction. And I think that's certainly one of the things we did here is um, you know assemble a fantastic, I think, world class team. But at the same time, um, you know, we put together a, I guess a, an integrated strategy that we very much um, went out with the business to to build. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we did all the typical post it note days and innovation days and and things like that. And 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 you know, when you look at police and, and, and the like and engagement with us now, um, having started out on that footing, um, you know, they, they've been lapping it up and, um, you know, in many respects we've become a victim of our own success in terms of um, <laughs> being too helpful and too customer-focused uh, with them. So, yeah. Well, you, meant, you mentioned post, post-it notes. I'll take you from post-it notes mm. to Lotus notes. Mm. Now, I understand yeah, that yeah. I understand many, many of our listeners, um, I'm sure, would know of Lotus notes. Probably quite a few of them mm. have never actually seen it. But I think extraordinarily, last year, New South Wales Police became one of the last organisations in the world to finally turn off Lotus Mm. Notes. Mm. That just gives gives you everyone an understanding about sort of, yeah, how Mm. far back in in a sort of dark ages, would we say, the New South Wales Police was? Yeah, Yeah, look, I think, um, yeah, look, there's a few fledgling sort of good ideas that were certainly moving in the you know in a certain direction and but uh, certainly you know I won't the, the, you know that I won't let the truth get in the way of a, a great story but essentially <laughs> it, 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 it is we were anchored in a mainframe yeah. world and, 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 and Lotus Notes from a collaboration point we had no real video conferencing we had a bit of AVL as they call it or, or video conferencing on a Cisco platform back into the justice world but but uh, nothing internally um, you know so everything was getting a you know, a car and go and see see each other or get on the phone. So yeah, it was, yeah. um, you know, in 2018. That that's uh, even back then, which seems like a long time ago from, from uh, being in this agency. Um, you know, that's that's how look our, our take was. Um, but uh, you know, the world certainly moved on for us three or four years later now, and uh, I think we're doing some fantastic things to the point where I'm I'm pretty hopeful if you live in New South Wales, um, you're in a, a lot safer state that um, prevents and disrupts crime now, not just responds to it. And um, mm. if you live in other states, um, bad luck. Um, <laughs> perhaps um, in many respects, um, maybe the criminal gangs have gone to, to your state. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I'm a bit of the reason why. So, um, yeah. I, I, um, but it's not just me, as I said, great team around me and we're doing some great work and we've got great sponsorship and we've been uh, allowed to get on with it, which is a big part of, um, you know, getting things right in an organisation like us. Now, in, in case there are any crooks listening to this this program, let's let's talk <laughs> let's talk let's talk through the many examples of, of why they should um, perhaps reconsider any mm. uh, nefarious activities that, that that you and your team are effectively responsible mm. for in terms of what how yeah, you've yeah. Turned, how you've applied any number of digital yeah. tools for policing. Oh, look, a whole a whole range of capabilities. I mean, obviously, on the outside of our organisation, dealing with citizens today, um, you can digitally. Report all crime types. Um, you can upload dash cam and CCTV to us, and we can process that CCTV. And, and, and I'll talk about that in a second as well. So, 
on the outside, whether it's you know breaking enters or a you know or a knife crime or, or something else happening in the community, you can report mm. it online. And that's something we um, we've replatformed and really amped up. And and um, you know, I, I was growing at a massive uh, rate every day um, in terms of its usage by the community. Um, we've also digitised um, things such things as you know pretty much instantaneous national police checks. We're about to roll out. Uh, a continuous checking of that so that um, if people work in particular, I guess, um, industries that, uh, you know, you need to be um, clean from a crime perspective, um, you know, your employer or what have you will be pretty much instantly notified that you've been charged or convicted of a particular crime. So that sort of stuff is, I think, world-leading particularly there. Um, And then the firearms um, space and very um, tragically, um, you know, a big calling to... uh, to, uh, to the team to, um, to to make haste on on digitising the firearms registry, both on yes. the outside, and yes. it's not just about um, you know again just making it easy for firearms to be applied for and traded between dealers and clubs and things like that, but mm. also the the ability for the firearms registry itself to real time um, be able to know where firearms are, who's trading them, but also uh, particularly. Um, as well, something which is new around our new gun safe platform, we call it, which is um, a platform we've built on Salesforce um, in about nine months. Um, built on uh, Salesforce, right. Yeah, on Salesforce. But uh, it, it, um, it allows us to track the number of um, rounds or, or, or bullets that uh, someone is amassing potentially so that we just don't know that they've got a gun, but we also potentially know uh, what number of rounds they've got and what rounds that they've acquitted um, and or are you used and fired at a range or somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, so those sorts of things are new capabilities. It just means police um, will hopefully be safer and real-time know where firearms are. Previously, people would download forms and fill them in and scan them and put them through the Australia Post process. Um, it takes weeks, maybe months to sort out where a firearm. Sometimes firearms would be traded and being used and who knows where they were and where they were stored. And that just meant police weren't as safe. And the community obviously wasn't as safe now. Mm. Every transaction, real-time, uh, can be done by a dealer in a club and a range and, and, and anyone selling and trading firearms real time. So on the outside of, the, of our organisation, we've absolutely been digitising and, and methodically working through in a prioritised way the transactions and, and crime types that uh, need to be digitised. And like on the inside as well, we've done a lot of work, interestingly enough, on, on ServiceNow. In fact, we're, we're struggling to use ServiceNow in its traditional space. Um, we've got a, we call it a blue portal here. Yep. Uh, which I think uh, for the first time this organisation even won a digital innovation award for um, with IDC. And, um, you know, it um, allows police to order everything on uh, digitally on a phone, on a, you know, through a browser on our network, etc. cetera, uh, in terms of a police helicopter, Polar, Marine Area Command, Forensic Dashet, pro, you know, Public Order and Rights Squad, et cetera, et cetera, Dog Squad, Drug Dogs, Search Dogs about 300 different frontline policing assets that a commander might use to bring to bear, for example, on a search warrant of a drug house. Um, so the ability to, to sort of digitally do that, um, given that I'd seen in the field that mm. they literally would download physical forms, print them out, fill them in, scan them, email them back to a command. Mm. And I went out on a search warrant on a ride along, as they call it, and um, I said to the, the guy running the, the officer running the, um, the uh, actual um, event, um, how do you know cops are going to turn up? This oh, Cops always turn up. They always back each other. Don't worry about it. And I said, that's, that's not good enough. You know, we need to do something better about that. And hence, um, Blue Portal was born. We, we, we delivered, um, as I said, three, almost 300 different policing uh, requests for assistance, as they're called. Um, wow. You can now combine, yeah. combine them all and put them into a risk assessment tool on, on ServiceNow, Blue Portal again, which yeah. allow, which we call Cruise, which is named after the um, the uh, tragically deceased um, Detective Constable um, Bill Cruz, which died in a in a search warrant in Southwest Sydney. That's right. Yeah. Um, he was so, he was um, ki- he was killed by friendly yeah. fire, right? Yeah. So yeah. we've delivered that, which hopefully means from a risk assessment and operational orders perspective, all on Blue Portal on service now. That means police can bring a whole range of assets to bear and and, and then execute them in a safe way, and then do that every year. You know, reassess the the alert status and, and, and other risk aspects of doing a search warrant or something like that and um, make sure that police are safe every year as safe as they can be given the dangerous work that they do. So on the inside, absolutely digitise a, a range of things. We've also put in things such as Millsoft and so forth, integration platforms. We've started APIing, I guess more or less built an API economy. But a big part for us 
again, uh, beyond that is, is about data and intelligence, and that's where the prevention disruption stuff comes. And we've built a platform we call Insights. Um, Insights is, is massive for us. Um, I've never seen police take to something um, as, as, um, as fast and as, as, as excited about what the Insights platform is providing. We see a lot of applications for good in police, and AI, ML in particular, and our Insights platform is, is again, you know, being thrust um, in, into, into that space, you know, right down to child sex exploitation and chat rooms and the opportunities for us in that space to, um, to use AI to potentially save police from having to, to go into those rooms or to look at late data collected from so, those rooms to identify children who are clearly at risk of harm in, in terms of pedophile rings. So, using, you're so using, AI, using AI machine learning to integrate with... Um, what so, social um, young young children, young girls, young boys, or anyone um, on social media via chatbots? Is that right? Yeah. So we're looking at the applications, particularly there, particularly particularly in the sex crime squad space, um, where they're very much looking at these these pedophile rings, and these pedophile rings have events and other things. They're pretty heinous, sort of. I mean, I mean, there's, there's even stuff we're even talking about. But, yeah, you know, yeah, it's sort of. Um, yeah being a father and other things as well, you just go, oh my God, you know, it's really um, horrific stuff. But, you know, that's why technology's got a role to play because, you know, the mental injury that comes of the police, but also obviously trying to, obviously, even for me or anybody in this space in technology or in policing, just saving one child from a pedophile ring that is exploiting those children using technology like AI, bot technology, it will... Is, is, is I can probably finish my career on that high, and that would be me. You I know, bet, I bet. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so from that perspective, absolutely, we're, we've worked with the, with the sex crime squad in terms of that, and we've been looking at the applications of it, and, and looking at how technology can replace police who are having to go in there and play an actor in terms of um, of, of these things. So that's ultimately what they do. They go in there in terms of play the role of a, of a, yeah. of a, uh, you know, assume the role of a pedophile yeah. and, and then they have to go and play it, play it out. Now, if we're able to, uh, you know, to, to have technology do that for them in these chat rooms um, where, where pedophiles are paying for certain exploitation activities to happen uh, on young people, I mean, that, that's to me a big thing, but also to identify the child and, 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 and do what we do with our uh, insights platform in terms of computer biometrics and computer vision. Mm. Um, that, that's a big, big win for us as typically we do know um, who are children who might be at risk of harm in that space and um, so it's about identify them through, uh, through uh, particular um, so, photos that we have and images uh, and then match that up with someone who is being you know, potentially real-time exploited using this technology it means we might be able to attract them from that situation mm. given we may be able to Locate that you know person geographically and extract them out of out of that situation. So, so there's some big applications there, albeit lots of risk and a lot of lot of um you know will it work, won't it work? But you know what, anything that's worth doing is going to be uh, you know it's not going to be easy if, it, if it's worth doing. You know, and this stuff for us is the edge of its application, but it's certainly worth trying for, and we we are very very aggressively. Yeah, so we've got we've got to the point where. Uh, uh, Artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms are, are, are better at imposting or masquerading as young boys or girls than, than police officers. That's amazing. We enable any organisation to use any technology. We help all companies become technology companies, protecting the identity of both workforces and customers. Connecting the right people to the right technology at the right time. Okta, one trusted platform to secure every identity in your organisation. Not only can they today um, do a, a range of artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities, but it allows them to um, to uh, you know do a say an error machine, which is a, a recording of a of an interview. Um, in a police station, if you've ever been interviewed, hopefully not, David, um, you, you, you'd, uh, you know what those machines are and um, essentially they would sit there and, and have them transcribe. We spend millions of dollars a year on people in track suits at home with headphones on transcribing. Now we... And mil- millions of hours, yeah. And millions of hours, yeah, as yeah, well. So yeah. police officers would record a domestic violence um, incident on a, a victim statement on a, on a mobile pole, a phone, yeah. a mobile phone, and it yeah. takes 20 minutes. It takes them... 
two or three hours to buy, you know, one finger typing, um, re- transcribing that recording. Um, so you can imagine pretty much in, say, you know, Western Sydney, et cetera, um, police officers every day are doing those recordings, sometimes multiples of them um, in, a, in a general duty sense in particular. And, um, you know, that, that in itself has saved hundreds of thousands and millions of hours in, in terms of productivity, but also police officers giving them their personal lives back. So they're not sitting at home with pizza after work, um, transcribing a recording off their maybe poll um, to, to uh, do that. So insights is a lot more than that. We've used it in the murder. Nay murder um, yeah. So on that, on that, so that, that, that was yeah. that, that was that, ter- that yeah. was that supposed terrorist hmm. where he was clearly, yeah. clearly a, a disturbed young man that was in 2019. Yeah. And, and anyone in Sydney knows about that. Um, yeah. That was, we were speaking about this recently, 15,000 hours of CCTV yeah. footage. You had to tell me that yeah. several times before I believed you. Yeah. 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 One, five, three, zero. Yeah. So you, know, <laughs> you can imagine you can imagine poor detectives sitting in a little dark room with 15,000 hours of CCTV mm. um, trying to find the codec of the cameras so they can actually look at the CCTV firstly yeah. so they're ringing around the world. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, um, then sitting down by the second painstakingly recording on a, on a clipboard, um, you know, every in every sight, sighting of him, everything he did, um, yeah. every his backpack, his, you know, what he, what he did with his hoodie, what happened when the milk crate, you know, all the, all the, Interaction there. I mean, um, that that sixteen thousand hours would have taken a uh, small team of detectives months to do that work. Um, you know, we're talking now of insights. Um, we can inject the fifteen thousand hours we did in about five hours, and we were able to. And that wasn't so much about the platform, given that you know quite a large GPU CPU sort of box that sits behind it in terms of compute. Um, and we're using some cloud services as well in that space. But uh, you know, it could literally then ingest it and pre-process it in that five hours and then it'll be ready to literally snip it off uh, news.com or, or uh, Facebook or somewhere like that, a photo of Mertnay, and then ask the system to find um, where he is in that 15,000 hours and it'll literally pull back a confidence level of 90, 80, 70%. And from that, police would go through that 90, 80, 70% and say, yeah, that's definitely Mertnay, that's a side thing, that's a frontal thing, that's a mm. headshot, it's him jumping on top of a roof of a Mercedes Benz in a street, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah, um, disturbing. And so yeah. the system learns that and then yeah. it gets better at it and then it keeps finding it and improves the confidence levels of the system and then they can stitch it together, put it over a, a geospatial platform so that obviously understands the the, uh, the location as well and from there they, we can time sequence it. So essentially you can play a, like a, a mini Hollywood video of the entire six-hour rampage that went on. Um, from the moment that um, that, that uh, individual came um, from a group home in Blacktown all the way on the train system into Town Hall, etc., yeah. onto the street, murdered the lady and then um, in uh, milk crates um, on the head by yeah. the uh, fire rescue guy. So we've used that platform in the bushfire investigations. Um, you know, we've used it in the recent um, uh, investigation trying to find the lady that's, um, you know, um, a bunch of investors, etc. Unfortunately, we oh, have Melissa, the Melissa yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, we do. So you can you can imagine we we would never have been let near um, particularly major crime related things, um, and particularly with a strike force, um, we would have never been able to swipe into the floor. Now you mean you mean you, we um, you mean we as the te- as the tech, the tech people? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> now now look, I regularly get a phone call from the assistant commissioner. And so do my guys directly, um, saying, Gordon, can you bring your, 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 your uh, A team in here and help me to, uh, solve this crime? And I think that's a, a big, big change just in not only doing some digital things, that's fantastic, but yeah. just the way that, that police now respect, um, IT and, and what we've done here and, and the capabilities we've brought them. And they want us in as a part of their team, which I think, you know, that to me is the biggest win in my three, four years here that we've, We've built credibility, we're delivering, yeah. and uh, we're delivering some fantastic tech. Um, Insights in particular has been an amazing capability, which I know um, we've, we're looking at extending that into both our integrated connected officer capabilities as well as other major programs like iPods, which is a, a very big flagship sort of um, program for us. And also, I mean, that, that, that is extraordinary in that short space of time. And, and indeed, any crooks might be listening to the CIO show. Maybe I'm excited about crooks listening to the CIO show. There's definitely a lot more reasons to be concerned. Um, but, but also also what you're doing for officers in the field. I mean, that mm. that is comple- that looks completely different now, though, doesn't yep. it? Like this, yep. the way that the yeah, cars yeah. are rigged up, the yep. body-worn video. Talk a bit more about that. Yeah. 
there's a lot of capabilities. We have a big platform approach here uh, to doing things. So we we have platforms and we build, we have platform teams or product teams that sit behind those platforms. So they're able to, like a sausage shop, take requests or, 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 or backlog items or whatever and, and churn them out at, at speed. And we have partners around that as well, which we, we peek out to when we have um, a volume of work. And so in many cases, we've done things such as the ability to scan um, notes that are, uh, are used in, in drug um, buys and sells and the like um, in, 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 crime, in criminal gangs. So well, how does that work? Well, essentially, we use you know, a whole range of AI and, and, and an OCR type capability so where you can you're use scanning, this, you're, scanning uh, a, you're scanning a banknote, and yeah. then, well, then what happens? <laughs> well, essentially, it goes off and searches the database and says, is that, is that uh, serial number um, dirty or, or is it clean? In which case, Ser- Seriously, you, you, can, you can identify yeah. whether a banknote yeah. has been involved in a nefarious transaction. Yeah, uh, totally. That's so amazing. officers yeah. roadside will search the car, pull some banknotes out of it, and they scan them uh, roadside. Um, they can go, yep, bang. Um, now that's that's um, that's dirty. You've you've been involved um, in a in a potential uh, nefarious crime um, transaction. So um, so that sort of thing. Or we we have Blue Finder, which is you know we, we obviously know um, and commanders know. Um, say for example. PCC or Public uh, Transport Command, um, trains everywhere all the time. You know, we can obviously find police, given they have a mobipole. We're about to equip four police with mobipoles, thanks to the IPOS program, but we've got about six, 7,000 mobipoles and about another 10, 11,000 um, iPhones, um, corporate phones. But any one of those can take um, Blue Finder or Cash Tracker, which is what I just mentioned before. But also do portable equipment registers, scan in and out of a police station, items that uh, police need, all their appointments um, from clocks and tasers and body-worn video. Previously, they'd log all that on a, on a, on a spreadsheet and sign it off. And now they just scan it with a, with a, uh, a you know, typical consumer scanner that they buy from, um, from, from uh, office work or off their phone. And, and they scan the items as they go out, the, yeah, out of the police station or out, the, out of the storeroom. Uh, right through to the digital diaries um, mm. as well, which is um, a logbook thing, which allows police, rather than using a, a telephone book, if you remember the old white pages, that's what police yeah. would when I turned up here fill out um, to um, to uh, record their their their, their, their uh, movements in their car. You know, when they filled up the car's petrol, record the number of liters. That's what that sort of stuff is all gone, and it's now on an app, and and it's all on all those systems I've just mentioned are all on one platform. Um, yeah. We've got to pick one platform that sits behind it, and we've been building this capability so the user experience is consistent. Um, we don't have to train officers as much because they all, they all look roughly the same, although they're different things. One does, you know, equipment that police need and where, um, and then another thing does vehicle logbooks, another thing does cash tracker, and then another thing locates police. We do a lot of things in that in that mobile space. Not only issue tickets, uh, what you call um, penalty infringement notice or traffic infringement notices, and person searches and location searches and vehicle searches. You can do all that on a maybe pole as well. So we've also delivered all these other capabilities too as well, which I think are quite innovative and the like. But um, that, that's a start for us. I mean, we've absolutely built a lot of credibility and, and helped police save time and make their lives and jobs easier. Um, but we've, we've now got a major program that uh, we call Integrated Connected Officer. Yep. Two parts of that. There's the vehicle component and there's the officer component. The, um, the vehicle component, we've actually built a... A concept car, car, a police car of the future already, and we've, we've had jurisdictions look at that, including even before COVID, California Highway Patrol. Oh, is that and, right? Um, so yeah. Amer- American American yeah. police agencies have yep. come to yeah. check out what you what you're up to. This is this is what you're doing with the vehicle, right? Yeah, believe it or not, we have now. Yeah. We had particularly before COVID, we had even police agencies from overseas, including the Met um, and the Commissioner. Um, from there, actually come and look at some of the things we're doing in New South Wales because I think it's, um, you know, unfortunately we're spending, we're having to almost have a full-time person deal with um, if, if people want to come and see our stuff these days. So I think um, that's a good thing. It means we're doing, I must be doing some great things with the the, the, uh, the messages getting around the world. <laughs> yeah, but, that must feel but, good. Yep. But, but, um, but certainly the, the vehicle is really important to us. So the, you can imagine a light bar on a car, the disco lights as they call them, the red and blue lights that flash um yeah, that's all they are typically today. They have some messaging on them, but uh, we've, we've amped that up. We work with Code 3, a light bar manufacturer, and now uh, rather than having a separately bolted in in-car video to record, uh, say, someone being pulled over by high patrol, um, that's in the light bar now. But not only can we record front and back, but we can record on the side and give the officers a 360-degree view and recording 
of uh, of the the, road, the roadside uh, stop that they've done of a, of a citizen that's given a ticket or, or something else. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a big improvement. Um, the ability then to run all the apps um, in the vehicle itself on the in-car screen and vehicle manufacturers are giving us bigger screens as well. I'm prepared to put them in police vehicles. Yeah. Um, so uh, we run CAD, we're running um, a whole range of other capabilities, but also police today, um, they would have typically have um, stopped um, on the side of the road after getting a job from the dispatch centre yep. and uh, and the officer would have pulled out his um, mobile phone and tried to find the best way to get to the location. Yeah. But don't you and I today, David, in a car, just go you know, uh, through Apple Play or Google Play, um, CarPlay, um, cannot take me to location, what have you. Yeah. Um, or, or, or acknowledge go, um, the, the location you want to go to after saying, take me to that location, and, and you press go or you say go. That's right. And it just, nav- the navigation takes you there. Please don't do that with jobs. We've done that. We've built a car that nat- uses a lot of the native vehicle, in-vehicle capabilities, yep. i.e. The, the vehicle manufacturers have been opening up their CAN bus to us, as it's called, on the, the vehicle compute. And we've, we've built applications on that CAN bus, which um, are policing applications that drive the light bars that um, stream back to the uh, car, the officer's body-worn video, um, so that you can see it on the, the screen. It, it's, a, it's an amazing car. Um, I think it's doing some fantastic things. We're, we're in, the, in the point of battle testing that as well. We've got it going out to the at the command so that general duties can knock it around and give us feedback and say what could be improved. But I think um, that's a big one for us. But also... I keep, I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm sort of thinking of David Hasselhoff and Hal at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, it, it, you know, we're, we're looking at how we can run our inside <laughs> platform and yeah. we've got a, uh, an MOU with uh, Intel now and uh, we're doing some amazing work about how we can do some edge compute, um, running, using the light bar so that insights can potentially do um, you know, um, some of uh, real-time sort of um, recognition of um, objects and, and vehicles and other things. So, because today, MAMPR is called an advanced number plate recognition um, yeah. scans plates, but we want to scan a lot more than plates. We want about to find people or find other things potentially. Someone who's missing, um, so police can drive a car down the road. It's another set of eyes that can smart in a smart way, not just the two police officers potentially in the car or a single officer keep an eye out for someone, but the vehicle itself is smart enough to then um, look for certainty, look for a car that's, um, you know, that someone, for example, I had this in my family recently, um, an older person who got into a car and um, went missing. And um, so the ability for police um, to, um, to, to to find a car, if, they, if they're turning their head to the left, the, the car's looking 360 degrees and, and uh, going bing on, on potentially what would have been my father-in-law's car at the time and um, and uh, hence may have um, saved him from, um, from a situation. So those sorts of things in the car and, and using the native car capabilities but also decluttering the car because at the moment a lot of cars have a, uh, you know, like a, a bolted-on arm in the car mm. and then they have a, a separate tough hook mounted in the car. I mean, that, that, that's dangerous. It's not great for police. Um, you know, compromises airbags and other things in particular cars. Um so the officer safety, if they have an accident, and they do occasionally, because they're doing having to do dangerous things, doing urgent duty and the like, um, you know, we, we're using the native car stuff and keeping the car as safe as possible for the officer by using as much of the car's capabilities that are inherent there and connecting them to the policing systems that we have and, and the modern platforms we have. So, um, so I think that's a big, big win for us, and, and it saves significant amounts of money. I'm mean, talking. Thousands of dollars, um, almost twenty thousand dollars a car to fit them out will be saved by using basically software and uh, native car capabilities to do uh, what 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 what's needed. Um, but the other side to it, as I said, is the police officer warn stuff. Obviously, we're, as I said, we're releasing maybe polls for every frontline police officer very shortly, and we're mm. about to do that um, in a program now with, with iPods. But uh, but also, um, you know, tasers and and, and glocks and and other things, um, you know, and they're all just, most, uh, most police officers in New South Wales, and, and I think increasingly around Australia, mm-hmm. we're wearing body worn video cameras oh, yeah. as well now, aren't they? Yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we and we have them here. We were one of the first to roll. Uh, we were the first to roll body worn out in Australia. Yeah. So uh, in that sense, and uh, that was rolled out three years ago when I when I started the contract had been signed. But um, you know, we certainly escalated and moved that. Uh, implementation forward and, and, and really got got it out there in about nine months, which is fantastic given the scale and size of what body worn is. But we've also um, 
I guess more or less, um, you know, started looking at the life cycle of body worn and the investment we've made there. Also looking at tasers and glocks and, and other things because a lot of these things give us a, an indication in a sort of internet of things sort of way, data. They give us, they give us data a lot in terms of the, the you know, the, the device state or the weapon state, um, yeah. when the weapon's being used. Um, you know, even down to um, some of the, the, the weapons and, and the devices, like a phone does today, you use it for exercise, it can tell you your heart rate, it can tell you your heart rate is racing, it can tell you all sorts of things. Now, wow. we think that before the big, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of heart racing in the police business. Oh, yeah, there yeah. is. So, yeah, from <laughs> that perspective, you can imagine police, they can't, they're in a situation, someone's about to do something to them, they don't have time to stop and, and, and whatever, they literally got their taser or their, their pistol pulled out or their whatever, ready to, to uh, hopefully suppress the situation and not harm them or, or themselves. Um, so in many cases, turning on the pretty worn or, 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 or ringing or, or, or radioing their supervisor or dispatch to say, hey, something's going on here, this is not possible. Yeah. So you can imagine just, you know, our dispatch centres, VKG as it's called, um, their ability to uh, to know that there's a, a team of police out there that the heart rates have gone through the roof. In fact, there's an officer that potentially appears to have gone on the onto the ground, i.e., potentially been knocked to the ground or had a, a situation, um, a medical situation. And as a result of that, um, you know, that, that the dispatch guys can go, we'll call an ambulance or we'll call reinforcements, and police themselves can just deal with the situation in front of them and know that they've got backup coming or or an ambulance or something of that nature. So. But it also goes to, you know, PTSD and mental injury. You know, police officers attend some horrific um, situations, emergencies, motor vehicle accidents and the like. Um, So we want to help police to avoid PTSD and other mental injury, Mm. um, which is a big impost financially and for police and their families, you know, in in the community. And um, if we can um, use some of the data we're getting back from, you know the, these devices to potentially put programs in place to help police police be better trained to deal with particular situations, given their physiological responses to certain situations. For example, um, that come from the data, we can um, hopefully uh, avoid um, mental injury for 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 some police officers. Obviously, probably not um, avoid it altogether. But if we can reduce it even by ten or twenty percent, that's ten or twenty percent less you know, mental injuries um, happening to police every year, and hence. Um, to me, that's a, another great uh, result for the organisation. But that's a bit aspirational, but I think that's where we will ultimately head uh, for us. But, um, so, yeah, definitely the integrated connected officer side of things is, is a big one, vehicle and officer side of things. Um, yeah. But, again, that, that goes together with a very coherent, um, very well-designed strategy and roadmap that we've just been sticking to and rolling out across the organisation. Now, I, I understand that, that all of this was, was certainly put to the test throughout COVID, in particular mm. in terms of mm. New South Wales Police's role in um, sort of overseeing, bringing people back from overseas, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, massively. So we, we've taken almost 200,000 people um, back in through into Australia and for other states as well as obviously into our state. And mm. um, you can imagine... COVID a, a year, 15 months ago now, I think when it really started to fire up. I think it was around the Formula One time last year that it really started to fire up around Easter. Yeah. Um, and you can imagine, well, what, what does this mean? We're all, we're all sitting probably at home or at work and, and with our families and friends thinking, what is, where's this COVID thing going to go? The police, um, you know, you know, police have to get ahead of the game uh, in many respects. They have this really fired up their police operations centre and um, we're very quickly uh, following the Ruby Princess in particular where that really brought it home what COVID meant yeah, to the community. Oh, yeah. um, you know, really then took on the lead uh, agency role, combat agency role, uh, even ahead of health. Yeah. And uh, we, were in, we, were, we were the front face. Our commissioner, every day, standing there with the, with the, with the Premier, um, advising her of all sorts of things because yeah. we were the lead agency responding to COVID at the time. That's right. But you yeah. can but you can imagine people still coming in, streaming in through the airports, not knowing what's going on. Do we let people still come? But they are coming and then they decide to do hotel quarantine and, and want to track people and the like and know where they've gone and, uh, you know, did, did they develop symptoms and things like that. So, yeah. you know, when people started getting, you know, sent to hotels and hotel quarantine followed up and uh, other states started shutting down, we didn't continue to try and be open. Um, but police were recording these things again on, you know, clipboards and spreadsheets and whiteboards all over the place. And very quickly, 
it was becoming very unwieldy. And again, you know, I got a phone call from the then commander for that uh, for the police operations centre or the COVID commander, as he was called, um, an assistant commissioner, and he said, "Gordon, yeah, send your boys in." And um, we came in, and look, literally, um, some, a fantastic team I have in that space. Um, they built uh, what we call the people management system, the COVID system, um, which uh, again built on the same platform I mentioned before, which um, does things for, for vehicle diaries and, and mm-hmm. uh, note track, note, note scanning, and the like. Um, they built the system over the long weekend in the school, you know, in the Easter of last year, and it went live. And immediately then they were able to record um, people coming at the airport, at the reception centre there for, for, uh, for, for us there, um, but also tracked them throughout their 14 day hotel quarantine, all the medical, um, you know, interactions and, 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 and health, uh, you know, welfare checks um, uh, right through to the, 40, to the end of the 14 days. and then being checked out of the quarantine or if they were found to have COVID, you know, off to the medical health hotel to be um, to be uh, looked after there. So the tracking and, 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 and the like of families are over up to over 30, almost 30 hotels, thousands of people at, at, at peak, you know, yeah. up to 30,000 at one That's peak. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, as I said, we've taken almost a quarter of a million, 200,000 people into, through New South Wales. I think other states have taken in literally... A few thousand here and there. I think Melbourne has been shut down for most as an airport for most of COVID until recently, and tried yeah. to restart up and then and then stopped again. But we've been open. Yeah. So we use the same platform again for border operations. So scanning the service New South Wales QR codes. I mean, you can imagine police having to lead into a car and trying to you know get a identi- you know um, read a permit and grab that off people and handle that and see yeah. someone with the driver. Yeah. I mean, just being able to use. Um, their mobile phone or their or their mobile pole to scan a QR code meant that um, we could validate very quickly whether someone had a, a you know a bona fide uh, I guess um, uh, permit to cross the border in Victoria when Victoria got into a huge uh, lockdown there and I think 650 people uh, died as a result of COVID in, in particularly um, you know retirement villages and the like in Victoria. So mm. so we've used again uh, our platform approach to really drive um, at speed. Responding to police's needs whenever they need it within typically hours and days, we, we could turn turn around um, particular templates of systems we thought we'd probably use and need to throw them at particular problems that police would give us. And um, yeah. you know, my my guys, as I said, um, you know, even this space, the guys that built this platform, were finalists in the premiers um, awards last year in, in the digital innovation uh, stream yeah. and other platforms and, and the like have, have won really yeah. great um, outcomes as well. It's, I mean, it's, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people need to be reminded that policing is often about a lot more than just, you know, chasing criminals. And, and it sounds as though, you know, the digital architecture that you've overseen the deployment of at New South Wales Police has made it easier for, um, for the agency to, um, you know, help out in what is effectively a large-scale emergency. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, like, for, for, if had COVID hit four years ago, I think we would be having a completely different oh, yeah. conversation. Yep. And not and, yep. and, and also thinking on that as well, like, four years ago, four years ago, I can't imagine that that um, your average cyber criminal working in Australia or applying their, their mendacious craft in Australia would have been all that concerned about New South Wales police either. I'm sure that's changed. And, in fact, you yep. have recently yep. announced this hackathon in partnership yep. with yep. Microsoft and seven Australian, uh, seven New South Wales universities, right? Yeah, so that's quite unique. We're working with um, the Commissioner's Office people on that. I think it's the first of a kind. Um, and we're trying to call things hackathons here, but it, it's sort of a, a cyber crime, cyber security Innovation Day, a think tank um, that we're calling it to some extent, where we've yeah. got seven New South Wales universities from, you name it all, they're all coming in with their teams. Um, and um, we're, we're looking at, at ways to try and help people be safer online, but also how to deal in the world of cryptocurrencies and other things yes. safely and yes. trade and all this. There's a lot of people are investing in Bitcoin and other things these days and, um, and buying and trading there and just trying to keep people as safe as, as, as possible by that, by looking for different ways. Because, you know, I and, and, and the team at New South Wales Police, we're not the the, um, the, the oracle of all great ideas. We certainly um, um, look to the community for those ideas as well and, and, other, and other industries as well. I mean, we've done a bit of work with on cyber security and potentially looking at, um, you know, running an internship um, with them on cyber security people, uh, you know, graduates um, as well and rotating them through Woolworths Group 
uh, but also into uh, New South Wales Police to work with cyber security and cyber crime. And um, I think that's a, a great thing because um, it's, it's only a growing business for us. Um, mm-hmm. It's unfortunately a, a growing crime type at an exponential rate for the community. And um, the more we, you know, we, we engage the community and, 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 and learn from each other and, and grow and, and, and the like and, and run this sort of a, a, a forum, and it's great to have Microsoft on board. But we certainly would love to have other partners on board into the future to help us um, really um, amp up our, our efforts in this space. But I think that's a, a great day. It's actually on next week and uh, I hope we get some great outcomes and ideas coming from that and potentially some, some major problems solved that we, we're seeing in this space because there are some really significant issues around identity fraud and, and, and business you know, um, email compromise and, and all sorts of things that are, are going on and it's, just, it's, 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 it's exponential, that, that, that crime um, type at the moment in terms of growth. And of course uh, DNA has been a really important tool for in policing for you know mm. for the last decade or more. I understand that mm. that you and your team are doing some fairly interesting work around this sort of you know recording and, and sharing of DNA yeah. data as well, right? Yeah, look, absolutely. Forensics here are, are really big on um, you know we collect uh, you know what sorts of I guess forensics um, related information data, DNA is certainly one of those and uh, you know from the point of view of the ability to um, uh, you know bring it into the organization store it but also um, you know categorize, you know categorize it in terms of what it is and who it's from and when it was collected and etc you know we've got now a big focus on metadata here and um, in that sense um, we've built a metadata data lake uh, yeah. we haven't tried to do what other organizations have done by trying to copy all their data and store it twice and, and so forth. We actually just put, built, built this system of tags. It's a bit like the table of contents on a, on a massive encyclopedia of, um, of, of data we have. In fact, so many volumes of it here because of commands here um, hold onto their data typically and they don't share with each other. So what we've been able to do with this metadata data lake is um, surface that, 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 that data and by, by having the tag of the data um, in this data lake. And then if someone searches, for example, David Binney, I want to know um, where David Binney had anything to do in terms of digitally touching the organisation in an email, in a file store. Um, ah. It was uh, in, a, in a, a triple zero report that you made um, or use community portal <laughs> to report um, someone um, repeating your letterbox. I'm feeling, I'm feeling nervous already, yep. Um, <laughs> you know, please, please now, they can search um, a platform we call Coda, which was named after a search dog. Um, that we had, um, one of the most notable search dogs that the New South Wales Police has ever had. Mm. We've called this platform Coda, and it's our metadata platform, but it's essentially a, a big Google search of everything we have. And from there, as, as, as things come up again with the confidence level, it goes, David Binney, 90% chance, right? And they can just start to, to search things. So uh, off the back of that, we set up what we call the Real-Time Crime Centre. Um, that Real-Time Crime Centre, any major crime incident across New South Wales, and there's always something significant going on um, in that space. Um, that is search coder, and within seconds they'll come up with David Binney, yep, had a, a, you know, a drug test here, was pulled over here, was <laughs> um, taken in for, talk, for a discussion here, etc. by police, etc., etc. Brings it all together, and they shoot that out to the frontline police within 15 minutes. That's the service level they have, yep. and it gives them a, an insight as to what they're dealing with then potentially in a, in a holistic single, on a single piece of paper or, or rather digitally, it's delivered to them um, through Teams now, um, so that they've got that a, a visibility as to what they're dealing with. It might be someone who um, known to carry a firearm or, or a knife or something like that as well, like wrestling with police, might do other things to police or the community. So those sorts of you know information and pushing it to the edge at, at speed um, has been, I guess, um, a facilitator or enabled through CODA, you know, our ability to democratise data across our business. And you can imagine we have almost a terabyte of business coming to our business organisation every day and body-worn and community portal and so forth and so forth. The yeah. data is huge. Um, and um, so we, we need to better search it. Police need to better search it. And you never know, um, you know, an unsolved crime now, given we're, we're surfacing data going back many, many years and decades in some cases. That's why you know, our unsolved, unsolved crime uh, space, um, you'll find um, we've gone significantly down in terms of our um, unsolved cases because they've been using that tool to find potential leads that have ended up in solving crimes. And that's actually happened already using CODA. State Crime Command, State Intelligence Command have both used the tool to, to solve 
solve crimes in that respect, perhaps given the access and servicing and democratising of data that we've done, thanks to our metadata, data lake and, and approach using CODA. So um, I think that's a really big thing and that platform now is plugging into all sorts of other capabilities for frontline police. It just means that at hyper speed now, again, any interaction you've had with police, you can run but you can't hide from it now. Um, we will know and, it, and it's given to police in, in their hands on a mobile phone, um, yeah. at, in a station or whatever at speed. It's, um, it's a phenomenal... Uh, sort of ability to get that information at speed uh, on any interaction we've ever had with any individual citizen, um, if, if they've ever had it. Um, so, as I said, yeah, at the start of the discussion, David, uh, you know, from New South Wales Police Force, I think we've gone from being, you know, a little bit behind the scenes to, I think, today using some amazing technology. And uh, mm-hmm. if you're a criminal, you should be um, very worried. You should be thinking about... Um, <laughs> possibly heading into another state or, or getting in the canoe and rowing to some yeah, other country. Or, 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 ch- or changing careers. So, I mean, given what we said about you know, the terabyte or more data coming in every mm. day, I mean, you, you're, the cloud services must be a really critical yep. component of this broader yep. digital architecture. Now, tell me a bit more about yep. that. Oh, look, again, three, four years ago, no cloud. Today, No cloud, cloud at all three, years, three four years nothing, ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nothing, wow. nothing at wow. all. Today, wow. uh, as, you'd mentioned, as you'd imagine, we're on Office 365 yeah. and obviously a, a protected version of that. Um, you know, obviously, Salesforce, ServiceNow, all cloud, PaaS-type platforms uh, there as well. MuleSoft, um, iPods was just built, um, just stood up the first release of uh, our Microsoft data center or cloud on Azure for, for, for iPods. That's now up and up and running, and we're now developing on that. We only signed the contract a, a couple of months ago, but we're already away um, with our cloud platform there, and, and it's just going gangbusters, in particularly into digital evidence. Mm. Our ability to, um, as we suck phones uh, of their data, so we get about 20 or 30 phones these days from a search warrant, for example, of a particular premises that we do all the time. So you can imagine digital evidence that's there to be collected. Our ability to, 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 to bring that into our environment, store it, make it searchable and serviceable um, through CODA and other capabilities is, is really important to police. And um, and that's, that's, that's sort of the... You can imagine the growth we're, 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 we're getting in, in, in terms of data and the like. So um, you can never um, you know, use enough cloud. But cloud for us has just been about speed and response and you know, the ability to, to really drive outcomes um, you know, at, at, at pretty much at the moment that police ask for it. We need to be able to configure these platforms. And they're all typically, these platforms now are all low-code or no-code platforms. Um, mm. So it's really quite a lot simpler to... Um, to drive these things, so I, I'm under no illusion coming to the organisation that um, I've had a bit of luck. I've had a, I've had a, a you know, new commissioner. Um, I've had um, technology be at the place that it's at, um, but at the same time, I've brought, I've been able to attract some great people. Um, and I think with all of that combined, um, you know, a bit of luck and, and obviously some great thinking and plan and a great plan. You know, we've we've we've, we've gotten there, and I think we've gone from being probably right down the bottom of the pops in terms of um, digital and technology enablement to I think. Well ahead, and I know um, everybody from Canberra to every other state. You know, we we regularly talk about iPods and what we're doing there, but also other capabilities of Blue Blue Portal and insights and the like. I think I like them to use those platforms. We don't compete with other places like we have friendly rivalry from time to time, yeah. as that most states do um, at a political level, even at, in a policing CIO sense, we do as well. But um, we're all very um, friendly with each other and tend to help each other out. I think even the COVID application we, we had, we, we sent to South Australia. Um, so um, yeah. I, I believe they're using it over there as well. So we're here to not compete. We're here to help. And hopefully as a, as a country, we all um, benefit from some of the things perhaps we're doing in New South Wales, not just comes out of Canberra, because there are a lot of national programs as well, like mm-hmm. the NCIS platform. But um, from our perspective, um, it's always good when you're very close to the front line and, and a customer who's the, the police, essentially police to actually see from them what is needed in terms of technology enablement. And I try to go out every month with, yeah. with, a, with a car crew or a squad or see them kick down a door or what have you. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, seeing that first, you know, firsthand really means that you can then come back and translate it and work with my platform teams and, and, and do some great things. And I think that's, that's um, it's, uh, we'll continue to do that. Yeah. I'm very sure now we've got great foundations that the organisation will go on and do some amazing things with these platforms and, deliver some, some, some amazing, amazing outcomes for the community. Oh, it certainly is. Well, well Gordon, I mean, that's, that is absolutely a fasc- a f- providing a fascinating insight into what one of, the, one of the world's largest police forces is 
doing with digital technologies, not only improving uh, its ability to track and prevent crime, but also you're talking about you know using technology to be more mindful of and take action to preserve and protect the mental health of, of officers in the field. It's just an incredible story. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure, David, and thanks for, um, again, allowing the opportunity to talk about what we're doing here and a bit of recognition from, for the team we have here because they're, as I call it, you know, they're the silent service. They, they do amazing things supporting police, and you might often see a police officer out there doing some great things and um, just don't forget that there's often an IT guy or girl behind them as well as other parts of corporate services that operate yeah. this business. That There's 4,500 of us that um, support almost 19,000 police. Yeah. You know, 23,000 members of New South Wales Police. We're all here helping to try and keep the community safer. So um, IT and digital had a big role in that and um, it's always it's, it's, it's a good thing to be a part of and I, I, you know, I, again thank you for the opportunity David. No indeed and we look forward to hearing the uh, learning about the results of next week's hackathon all the best, thanks Gordon. Will do, thanks David Thanks for joining us, we hope you enjoyed it. In this next episode of the CIO Show, CIO Editor-in-Chief Byron Connolly is back on the mic, this time talking to senior tech leaders who have recently moved on about their successes failures and what they learned are they likely to look for new opportunities in similar industries or perhaps branch out to uncharted territory? What are the key lessons they'll be taking with them in terms of technology itself, working with vendors, building teams and being part of a senior executive team? And how do they feel about having navigated through COVID-19? Did it make them stronger? And how much downtime should a CEO take between demanding jobs? We hope you can join us.